Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Um, oh, Okay, so this is my first guest coming back from uh, almost a year hiatus, um, and I am so excited because... Um, our guest, I'm just going to say her name and you don't have to come on yet. <laughs> you don't have to unmute yourself yet. Um, but, uh, Lola, Lola Archer Pickett is here. She's a returning guest and I adore Lola. Um, I'll share how we met, but she was previously interviewed in our podcast. Um, I think during the first season, like pretty much like pretty early on, um, and I've been, you know, connected with Lola. I've been on her mailing list forever, not forever, ever, but like, I've just been like connected and following her. Um, and so Lola, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much. I mean, in internet years, you have been on my mailing list forever. <laughs> it's been like three lifetimes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And like, yeah. So it's like, Okay. So how I described you, like when I first met you, it was through Camp Soul Dust and how I describe you, even people today, <laughs> I'm like, there's this woman just, I felt like she just walked out in, from the woods, you know, mm -hmm. and you had this beautiful face paint. Um, you had like, and like a animal tail. <laughs> and I remember like when you were speaking, it was it was just so real, you know, and, um, and I just remember like camp sold us didn't officially start yet. It was, you know, people were, I was a camp counselor. You were one of the workshop facilitators, but I remember like walking behind you, like I, we were walking in the woods and like, you know, separately. And then I see you and you kind of turn around and you said something, but you were so friendly. And I was like, I wonder, I, I just wanted to get to know you. Oh, I love that so much. I, I love that because I am not somebody who was ever inherently comfortable out in nature. So you might look at me now or at the time that you and I met and think, wow, this is a person who like was born in the womb of the woods, you know, and always felt so at home and at ease in the wild. And that's been a really hard fought journey for me to overcome just paralyzing levels of anxiety and fear that I came into this world with. And so when you say that I am a truth speaker and, you know, feel so real, I feel really honored by that reflection because it's been a battle. <laughs> it's been mm -hmm. a battle to unpack myself from myself so that I could be that transparent and be that at home in the world. And that's where my work was for a long time and it's shifting and kind of rewilding itself now. And, you know, it's just beautiful to kind of revisit that time in my life. It, that was 
2016, 2017. So it's just been a lot of evolution for us both since then. Yeah. And that was what prompted me to reach out to you for, as a return guest, um, because back when we were like back in the uh, previous episode, you were doing empathology. Uh, you were shifting away from more of the, like, the esoteric work, I guess. I don't know how yeah. to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good description. Yeah. And, uh, and I was part of empathology and then, um, and you and I connected a little bit last year when I was thinking about, you know, is going back to a job is the right thing. Um, and then now you shifted again, which is so amazing. And I feel like every time you do you, it's almost like you become deeper and deeper, not yeah, you, it's just like, it's another evolution of who you are. For sure. Yeah. My family sometimes says that they can't keep up with me. And so they don't feel hundred percent confident being like, oh, you're doing this now. Yay. We, we're backing you hundred percent. Cause they don't, they can't keep up with the last thing that I did. And the funny thing is, is underneath the superficial definitions and niches and offerings that have been at the surface of my business for the last 10 years, underneath it all has been basically the same thing. The same thing, the same thing has been, let me help you see yourself. Let me help you be yourself, period, the end. And so that's looked so many different ways. I was reading people's animal energies for years. And then I was helping people access their nervous systems and rewire themselves for resilience. And, and now it's really, how can I see myself and be myself in a space where I'm calling in love in my life, whether it's an existing relationship or something that you really are ready for and want to show up to that relationship without all the baggage and patterns and things you've been dragging along behind you, like a ball and chain, like, how can I liberate myself to show up for a partnership that feels correct to my being? And I have a lot of experience with that. And my, my husband has always been pushing me, like, you need to help people with their relationships because you're really good at it. And at mm -hmm. the time I would I would do my research, you know, like, well, what are the relationship people talking about? And it just all made me want to vomit because <laughs> it was so like how to get the guy in three dates, you know, and just so, um, formulaic and, and gamey in so many ways. And I thought I, this isn't for me, this niche is not for me. I don't want to help people game each other into a partnership. I didn't do that. I don't even know what that's about. And it, it doesn't resonate with me. So I, I shied away from it and people have come to me for relationship work over the years. And I've kind of let it be this secret thing that happens behind the scenes. Like, Oh, you think you're coming to me for this over here? La -da -da. Actually, what we're going to do is fix your love life. <laughs> so it's always been interesting that, that even though I've avoided it, it hasn't really avoided me very successfully. And so I just decided with this most recent period of dissolution in my life, in my business, that it was time to just get to the heart of it. Literally, how mm. do I step into this and really create a way of being with this work that combines all of my loves, all of my passions, all of my gifts, all of my genius and meets the people where they actually are, which is please help me love myself, see myself, be myself and, and either 
improve my relationship or prepare for the relationship that I dream of and that I deserve. Um, so it's been really beautiful to see how that's unfolded. And it's, it's been a little organic and a little bit of me just like, well, I'm going to burn down this thing over here that I've been doing for six years. And I got a reputation for, and I had a podcast and a YouTube channel. I'm just going to trash it all so that people don't Google me and get super confused. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, wait, what? I thought this person was helping with relationships. What is she doing over here? And like deleted my whole body of work basically, which some people call brave. I call freeing (laughs) and it's allowed me to really invent a way of working in the world that is new and exciting and Mm -hmm. invigorating. Um, it looks a lot of different ways. It's not traditional coaching. It's certainly not counseling. It incorporates spatial design and style and, well-being and mental health and just, you know, all the facets of our lives that we compartmentalize that really do impact our ability to love and be loved. So Mm -hmm. that's a little bit about what's been happening over here. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, I remember like even, uh, before empathology, like this was when, um, like after camp sold us, um, I remember because like around relationships, like you were phenomenal. Like, I just felt seen, oh. you know, <laughs> and um, and just hearing your perspectives. And so that thread is it tracks. <laughs> <laughs> it it tracks for sure. And I I find that many of us, and I am no exception to this, kind of know deep down inside what we're here to do and who we're here to be. And we're like, Oh, but like, no, no, not that anything, but that (laughs) that's not going to work. Or I don't want to do that because, and this past 18 months or so of my life have pretty rudely and abruptly shown me that I can't afford to avoid nearly anything. Like if I'm aware of a pattern of avoidance, my mission now is to turn around face it and integrate it. And that has radically changed my life. And I just, it just became apparent that I couldn't really live any other way anymore, or I was going to lose everything that mattered to me. Mm, And yeah, I can, I can elaborate on that. (laughs) (laughs) I can elaborate on that. Well, so back in the fall of what was it? Was it 2021? It was 2021. In the fall of 2021, I woke up one night and my heart was racing at about 135 beats a minute, Mm. which is fast. Unless you're a hummingbird, very fast, not recommended 10 out of 10 don't recommend. So I didn't know what was going on and it really freaked me out because I have a history of anxiety and anxiety affecting my heart rate, but I had never had just my heart rate by itself start to accelerate like that. And it stayed elevated for about 12 hours without calming down. And so I called my doctor and they were like, yeah, you need to call 911. I'm like, great. We're having a sleepover. Dad's making pancakes right now. I'm going to have firemen in the living room in about 10 minutes. Not convenient. I don't want to worry everybody. I don't want to worry myself, you know, but it was very freaky. And so the firemen came, sat me down. I was really hoping they were like, it's all in your head. Nothing's wrong. But they said, you're having an anomaly. You need to go to the ER and we can take you right now, or you can 
get yourself there. And we're like, no, no, we're not going to have a $15,000 ambulance ride. I will get myself there. (laughs) And, you know, my husband is watching the kids. So I have to drive myself to the ER, which is about an hour away from my house with a promise that if something seems to be going really wrong, I will pull over and call 911. So it was really, really scary. And I go to the hospital and in addition to the tachycardia, which is a rapid heart rate, I started to have um, skipping heartbeats. And so I was having these really, really very uncomfortable palpitations. And so I'm like freaking out, you know, I go in there and I'm like, I have chest pain. I was told to come here. So like, okay, send you on back. So I didn't have to wait too long, which I was grateful for. And they hooked me up to all the different things. And they're like, Oh, you're just having PVCs. That's really nothing to worry about. You could have those all day long. There's nothing wrong with your heart. And I'm like, yeah, but this has never happened to me in my life ever. And it's out of the blue and I've had this rapid heart rate and it's, you know, it's causing a cycle of anxiety, which is just keeping it elevated. Right. Cause it's making me worried. And like, what do I do about it? Like, well, okay. So we'll take some blood tests and make sure blah, blah, blah. They blood comes back and my, my numbers are quote enviable by the doctor on <laughs> duty. <laughs> so again, I am told nothing is wrong with me. And I could tell that that was true and not true at the same time. And clearly something was going on. Was it a medical emergency in that moment? Apparently not. I'm still here. Right. But I really felt very, very, very frightening. And I finally got my heart rate to come down. They give me electrolytes and fluids and all the things that I needed. And my heart rate got back down to a normal. I was still having palpitations, which were very, very disconcerting, but they sent me home. So I drive an hour back home and my kids are all worried and that just amps up the adrenaline. But I'm like, okay, I can't get amped up. I have to keep myself calm. And for the next three to four weeks, that was my life was anytime I got triggered, anytime I got stressed, my heart rate would zoom like way, Mm. way, way up. And I really couldn't understand what was going on. And I meditated on it one night when it was booming out of my ears and my AirPods were triggering me because I could hear my heart rate. Mm -hmm. So it was like this horrible feedback loop, but I'm like, I'm going to meditate, damn it. So I meditated and my heart said to me, are you listening? Mm -hmm. And I just stopped and I said back, I, I thought I was. And my heart said, you're not, there are so many things you're doing right now that your heart isn't in. And I'm here to share, share with you that we're not okay with that anymore. I'm not Mm. okay with that anymore. And this was very, very confronting because at the time I was running empathology, which was a very, very successful program. It had supported three to 400 students, you know, been half a million dollars in revenue. I mean, it was like one of those things that I thought I was going to be doing forever. However, for about a year, I knew that this isn't the conversation I wanted to be having anymore, but I still persevered because it was working. It was powerful. It was creating changes in people's lives. And it was something I knew, right? It was like a a message that I knew from my own experience and I could talk about till I was blue in the face, but my heart wasn't in it. And when my heart started acting up, 
I couldn't keep pushing through. Mm-hmm. And I just decided in that moment, I've got to stop. I know I've got to stop. I can't stop cold Turkey. I'm still delivering on the promises I made in this program, but I've got to stop selling it. I've got to stop this messaging. I've got to stop everything that I'm doing because right now all roads lead to this program. And I don't know what's next. See, every time I've pivoted before, I've had this very clear vision of here's what I'm going toward. (laughs) Like I'm going toward this other thing now. So it's easy for me to walk away from that because I can see where I'm going. This was like a pea soup fog out in front of me in all directions where I couldn't see what was next. I just knew I couldn't continue. And it was very, very confronting. So I told my community, we're no longer going to be selling this program. We're going to be running coaching calls for the next year to like deliver on this promise that I made. And after that, we're done. And this is going to be complete. I am complete with this. I have to make space for what's next. And people would ask, well, what's next? And I'm like, I wish I knew I'm someone who's usually very clear. This is very horrible feeling. (laughs) And I'm also the primary breadwinner in my family. So while I'm figuring it out, I still have to make the dollar bills. I still have to make it all happen. So it was a very confronting time. And my heart acted up a few more times after that, almost as a check. It's like, are you, are you serious? Are you committed? What else can you shed? That isn't the truth. So that's what I mean by saying I couldn't avoid the things any longer that I knew deep down inside I needed to face all of the changes that I was putting off until it was a better time or it was more convenient or I was more prepared or I had something in the wings that wasn't an option anymore. So I'm grateful because I had that body of work all about resilience. (laughs) So it really (laughs) did help. It helped me weather this whole period of time. And the beautiful thing that I have found is if you're willing to not know what's ahead of you and still say no to what isn't correct for you anymore, it opens the space for vision to come in. And it isn't something where you have to try and you have to create and you have to manifest and journal and dream board. It just creates space. So one night I was sleeping and I was shaken awake by one of the more powerful dreams that I've ever had. And in this dream, I was in a space, a beautiful space. I couldn't tell where it was on the planet, but it was beautiful. And everywhere I looked, everything had been placed there with such intention and such attention and such love that you could feel it. You could feel that being reflected back into your body as you moved through this space. And then I realized I'm not alone here. There are people here in this space, engaging with the space, receiving the same thing I'm receiving. I can see that it's almost like they walk into a room, they perceive the room, they recognize themselves in the room, and the room is showing them, you are this too, you are love, you are beauty, you are whole. This room, this space was showing people who they really were. And it was one of the most powerful things that I've ever felt in my body. So powerful. It woke me up and I was shaking almost like I had been filled with adrenaline. And so I got Mm. up and started writing furiously in my journal. Like I, 
I see a space, you know, I see a space that's going to, to, to do the work, right? Like the people just can come to the space and receive something that's so powerful. There's nothing else to be done. No more healing, no more Mm -hmm. strategizing, no more therapy, no more endless trauma processing, just a level of being. Mm. And it felt so potent. And of course I had no idea what to do with that. (laughs) And it was like, what does this actually mean? Am I supposed to go get a space somewhere? Am I supposed to find a, an Airbnb? Like I had all these ideas of, of how this might actually look. And so early 2022, I'm sitting in the living room of a friend's house, a house that I've been to many, many times over the years and fantasized about ripping walls out of and doing things to de-80s it. Um, but, <laughs> but I've lo- always loved that house. And so I'm sitting there talking to him about this vision. I said, I feel as though I am called to create a, a sacred space, a truly sacred space. And I explained what it was that happened in the vision. And he said, well, this could be your sacred space. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. This is like a multi-million dollar house with like, you know, endless views everywhere. I'm like, that's so sweet and kind, but I mean, I don't see how that's going to happen. I really don't. Um, and he says, well, there's no one I would want to take over the space more than you and Tigray, my husband, because you, you get it, you get it. Mm. And I said, yeah, I do get it. I think it's somewhere else though. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this like starts that conversation. <clears throat> and in the meantime, I'm starting to see that I do have that gift. I do have a gift for creating spaces, whether it's a circle space at Camp Soldust, where mm-hmm. people enter into that room and feel seen. They feel valued. They feel like they can look at themselves and see what I see, which is a being that is utterly and completely lovable, worthy, beautiful, mm-hmm. valid, whole, human. Um that I'm able to transmit that in, in both my energy and also in the way that I set places up. And so I started to do that. I started to experiment with that. What would that look like if that became my work? What would it look like if my work was no longer simply about helping people unpack what's inside? What if I created a space for them where they just unravel and reveal themselves without me having to do anything Mm. (laughs) and them having to do anything, just show up. So that started to take off because people in my community are like, well, that sounds really great. I want to do some of that. So I started to be flown out to places and and spend week-long retreats with people in their houses to feel who they really are and reorchestrate their space to not just match who they really are, but amplify who they really are and magnetize what it is that they're wanting to call in. And it turns out most of the time it was love. (laughs) Most of the time, that's what it came down to. It would even be around something different. You know, like I, I want to create this space for my business and yes, the business would triple or quadruple and all the things would happen with the business, but also the relationship that was on the brink of falling apart that everybody was clinging to would finally be released. The partnership that was desired would finally be called in. Mm. So it all came down to underneath the surface. What do we all really want to love and be loved? It's like the most human desire we have. Mm. 
So that was such a powerful way that the vision started to become reality where I started to, to, even though I didn't know where it was going, start to name it and share about it and get invited into people's spaces and to help them create these things. And all the while I was still talking to my friend about his house and he was still pestering me by text every once in a while. I still want you and Tigre to buy it. I'm like, that's really <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. See you later. <laughs> and, and one day last fall, fall of 2022. So almost a year after I had that vision and my heart almost stopped. Um, I texted my husband and I said, he's really adamant. He wants us to be in there and he's going to sign a contract with a realtor to list this house this weekend. So he was telling me it's kind of your last chance to figure this mm. out. If this is something that you want. And Tigre had been watching a lot of TikTok, <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> a lot of consciousness expanding and financial strategy, TikTok channels. And he was like, well, have you ever asked him what he would actually want? in exchange for this house. And I said, well, no. <laughs> oh my God, that is such a good question. <laughs> I have not. I have just assumed that there was no possible way in hell or heaven we would ever make this happen. So I just dismissed it without even opening an inquiry. And he said, well, why don't you turn around and respond and ask him what he has in mind? And oh my gosh. that was very ironic because usually I'm the one in our relationship having those kinds of questions. He, thanks to TikTok, turned me right around into a space of opening to possibility. Mm. And that question changed our life because we got the information from him that we would be complete and utter idiot assholes not to figure out a way to make it happen. It was such a beautiful, generous I want you here. How, how does it need to look for you to get you in here? Kind of mm. response. Here's what I have in mind. Can you make it happen? And I looked at it and I talked to my husband and we both agreed, even if we have to sell everything we own to make this happen, we have to do this. We have to do this. This is not, this is not an option. This is a gift horse. We are not going to look it in the mouth. <laughs> so <laughs> So it also calibrated our relationship to a different level because in that moment, he and I switched roles in many ways. I had been the visionary and the dreamer. He had been the one to support from behind the wings and he turned into the visionary. He mm -hmm. saw what was possible and he stepped into a place of leadership that I don't think either one of us really knew was available to him because I've always been in that job, right? I've taken that job and run with it. I'm good at it. Um, but I didn't have a lot of space for him to show up. So in his turning around the question, in his opening us to this possibility, in his guidance to sell everything we own and leave our home of five years and say yes to this opportunity, um, the sacred space activation came full circle and was completed. And we did it. We sold everything. We sold our house. We, um, 
in the course of about two months, completely flipped our entire lives around. And not only did I burn down my business and still pay the bills for the most part, I let go of my house. I let go of so many of my belongings. I shed the identity of the leader in our relationship. Almost everything that I knew aside from I'm a mom, like really got rolled down like a layer of skin and walked out of. And it was almost like, yeah, I said goodbye to an entire life. I'm like tearing up and I feel this visceral, like, I don't know what I'm, I'm just, I'm just feeling all of it (laughs) because I mean, I, I mean, I saw a little bit on Instagram that you were selling your home and you found this new space and it was just, and now that I'm here, like, oh my gosh, you know, and yeah, like, wow. Um, it's been an activation. (laughs) Yeah. And just like, it's, and it's so beautiful just to, just Mm -hmm. to hear the story unfold now that it's kind of on the other end. Yeah. (laughs) Now, now I have enough distance from all of the things to see the patterns that were in play. And the thing about it is when you're a medicine person and that's who I am deep down to my core, I am a very strong carrier of medicine. So whatever I say is my path means my path will initiate me to a degree I'm not ready for capable of addressing or desiring. And that's exactly what happened when we stepped into this space. It Mm. caused such a massive expansion in both of our beings, not only because it's more than twice as big as our last house, but because the space itself is a carrier of such large energy of such deep rooted joy that it shook us to our bones Mm. and it, it brought up everything that we were unconscious of in our partnership that would no longer be a match to that level of expansiveness, to that level of capacity to hold my work, to hold his work. He also completely left his career during this time and started a new path So we were shaken to our course and it happened nearly the moment we crossed the threshold into this space. So Mm -hmm. when I talk about the power of spaces to recalibrate us and show us who we really are, they really can do that. And I had been going around blithely like a little space fairy being like, oh, we'll do this here and we'll move that there and we'll paint this there and we'll remove that. And just kind of like being a catalyst, which I am good at without having the gravitas of having my entire being shaken apart by my own work. Mm. (laughs) And that is exactly what happened to me. And so now I'm like, yes, we will take that down. We will do this over here and let's sit on the ground for a minute because this is going to be really, really, really big. And I don't want to pretend that it's going to be easy, that it's going to always feel good. It's going to bring material that you thought you had buried forever or never were even aware of to the surface because it's no more maybes. That's what this work is about. No more maybes in our lives. No more compromises that aren't true. And that's confronting as shit to our trauma, to our fear, to our childhood wounding, to our anxious attachments, you know, all those patterns that we really can't bring forward with us 
but we will, unless they surface Mm -hmm. and unless we're willing to say no, like you're going to goodwill along with that chair that my grandma gave me, because you know what? I don't have to keep it just because it was a gift. You know, that's all of our stuff, right? Mm -hmm. All of our wounds, all of our shadows. Like I don't have to keep it just because it was given to me. (laughs) Grandma's chair or otherwise. (laughs) So I realize now to a degree, I don't think I did before how, how big this work is and how important this work is. And I have a level of passion about it that I haven't felt probably ever in my work. I've always been good at my work and I've always enjoyed my work and I've always felt a resonance with what I'm doing. I have not felt this level of deep alignment with how this is showing up and it's exciting. And also like makes me want to take a nap when I need to be writing emails and it brings up all of my patterns, you know, because it really is the thing. So of course I'm going to want to avoid it, but my heart says we don't do that anymore. So here I am. Mm. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just love how like you really like you're like, you are your work. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel that's, that's why, like when I interact with you, like I've stayed in your world, so to speak, because it's like, there's this level of truth that you embody because it's like, I don't know, like, it's just, you are you and you are living it, you know? Yes. (laughs) For better, for worse, all the rest of my life. It is a vow I somehow made. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's like, as, um, and it's beautiful to watch, even though I know mm. it's not necessarily, uh, comfortable. <laughs> it is definitely uncomfortable, but, but worth it. You know, it's just like one of my clients and I call it the soul gym and we'll send each other like, Whoa, 24 seven soul gym lately. You know, like my soul is getting buff because it isn't easy. It isn't comfortable, Mm -hmm. but just like a workout, when you challenge yourself, there are rewards and the workout, the call, the call to the soul gym is so strong now. And I see the rewards. It's like, you have to work out for months before you start to see anything change. And it's been like that for me for a long time with this and with my work in general, I feel like I've been working at it and working at it, working at it and playing with it and listening to it for so, so long. And I'm finally starting to see like, Hey, I got a little bit of muscle definition (laughs) over here. It's starting to pay off. Like there's a light at the end of the tunnel where, where things start to click, you know, Mm. I'm having that moment in kickboxing right now. I just started kickboxing a few months ago. It was a a soul call and very scary. I've never, never done anything where I could be punched in the face multiple times in a day, but here I am. And it's, it's that moment of last week being in kickboxing and feeling like, oh my God, I'm not freezing up when all these punches are coming at me. I'm able to move with it and see what it is that I need to do. And I'm starting to know my place here and Mm -hmm. not just go into shutdown panic mode. And I felt like, oh my God, I'm not going to suck at this forever. There is a possibility (laughs) that I am not going to suck at this. I can see it now, you know? So I feel like that with this, it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to feel this 
like it's this grueling or this rigorous forever, I'm getting stronger and, and soon it will be maybe challenging still because I'm always growing, but I'll be that much more equipped and that much more skillful. Mm. Mm. That's so good. Um, I'm glad you said that with working out, it takes months to see results because I just started this thing called butt camp. <laughs> yes. Butt camp. So like four months from now, you're going to be like, Oh, Oh, it's starting to happen. It's oh, not look, I've got glutes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Although I keep checking. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I keep looking in the mirror. <laughs> You'll start feeling it before you can see it but it'll, it'll happen. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, and then there was something else. Um, um, oh, well, this goes, this is a practical question because sure. I know that whenever there's a shift, I know for me, like the money thing, right. Cause mm -hmm. I feel, and that's like with the whole job, like I, it was like, I was feeling my nervous system. It was, I needed a little bit more support. Yeah. Um, so how do you, like, how do you navigate that? Because, you know, you burned down all I your previous stuff. Yeah, I did. Well, the interesting thing is almost like when you clear the decks and then there's a possibility for a vision to come in, it was almost the same thing with income. And I know this isn't a, a wise strategy for everyone because everyone's nervous systems are different. But what happened was when I said to myself and out loud in the world, starting with the former owner of this house, this is what I'm doing now. There was a level of alignment in that statement that created opportunities. So mm -hmm. the moms at school were like, I need help with my kitchen or people on Instagram who had been my clients years ago and, and didn't resonate with anything I had been doing for four or five years, suddenly we're back. And they're like, will you come to my house and do this? And so it was really fascinating to me because if I hadn't made the declaration, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing. I, I wouldn't have had those opportunities show up. Mm. And that's something about me that I think is unique in my evolutionary process is that I've always been willing to put a stick in the sand and say, this is what I'm doing now. This is who I am now. Whereas I think a lot of people wait until they have some sort of proof or they have some sort of validation or they've gotten a certification of some kind, or somebody has said, oh, you can go do that now. And I, maybe it's because I'm an Aries. Maybe it's because I have an Aquarius moon. Maybe it's because I'm <clears throat> rebellious. I don't know, but I'm like, I'm not fucking waiting around for that shit. You know, <laughs> like if I'm going to go decide to do something, I'm going to do it right now. And I'm already doing it. Who's with me now. <laughs> so, so that's really been very supportive. And I know not everybody can feel comfortable in that space and is willing to do that. And I think that's great because we all have our different ways of navigating change and transition. But I found that the more, the more, um, certain I can feel amidst the uncertainty about where I'm going, but certain about who I'm being and what I'm here to do, that starts to create those opportunities. And then the embodiment happens. Um, so it starts to prove itself out as a concept. So I knew that sacred space was kind of my umbrella and under that can be a lot of different things. 
if I can contextualize something for myself that I used to say no to, cause it didn't resonate anymore. Suddenly it became a sacred space project and then I could do it because it felt aligned. So I did a few websites. I did a little bit of graphic design. I would take on other little design projects that I probably wouldn't take on further in my career. I probably wouldn't take it on now, but because I could contextualize it for myself as sacred space work and my workout, like my five pound weight workout, instead of my 25 pounds that I want to work up to, it helped me say yes to things so that I could support myself in the process without being completely out of alignment. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really, really helpful. And I now know I'm not doing that as much anymore. I have one remaining website project that I'm doing for a friend and that's it. Like, I know that my work is now solid enough in the directions that I'm really called to go. And I notice what happens to my energy when I'm in those spaces. So it's like, okay, our, that workout is good. I'm complete with the five pound weights. We're good. We've graduated and we're going to move on to the things that really, really do give me the, the workout that I need now. So that's felt really, really good. And at the same time as I've been doing my transition work, this whole shift of Tigray stepping into leadership has also meant the dynamic in our partnership with work, with finances has also completely changed. And it's not that I'm not the breadwinner anymore. I still probably do bring in more revenue right now, but his trajectory for the first time in his life is massive. Mm. And he's, he's doing all of the things that he needs to do to be what he wants to be for himself and for this family. And I am allowing that, you know, I'm allowing that to happen, creating space for that to happen, which has meant a lot of adjustments in day-to-day dynamics. I mean, he went from being my, my cohort, my colleague, my CFO to being out of the house almost more than he's here because he's Mm. a pilot. So it's changed everything. And also, um, brought me into a place of where I get to be in my independence in a new way. And also where I get to lean into his leadership in a new way and trust him in a new way where we haven't had to, to play that way before. So it's taught me a lot about relationship dynamics. It's given me so much material for this work. Um, So many pieces have come up for us to integrate and work on almost everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And our relationship is better than ever. Mm. And, you know, it's like, we laugh about it and cry, but we laugh about it that all the things that we've gone through in the last 18 months, especially this, this year, 2023 has been really, really hard has made our relationship into what everybody thought it was all along and what probably Mm. we thought it was all along, but just didn't have the clearing out that this space activated in us, like nothing else could have. And it's been, um, really beautiful to step into that elevated place in our partnership, watch those change in dynamics, continue to shape this space, to nurture the relationship that we're now building. It's all very exciting. <laughs> I love hearing that. I just, there's just something about it that I just love. It. And I love that you and Tigre are just like, there's, you're both committed to the growth and to the expansion, which is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's so scary and so hard. I had 
I had a meltdown last night. I mean, let's just be real. So (laughs) in his leadership, I have said, like, I'm going to give you some of the power that I've had for years in this relationship. And I'm going to, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then I went and did it anyway, because I'm in my pattern and I'm a rebel. And I was like, this feels so bad now. I can't continue. I can't continue operating in this way. And I called him and left him a series of very dramatic voice memos of like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just, I don't know what I was thinking. I do know what I was thinking. I was in my trauma, like just (laughs) processing. And he's like flying a jet at the moment. I'm like, also, this isn't about you. Don't like listen to this and think you need to not focus on landing. Thanks. So like I, I had this meltdown. I'm writing in my journal, like this could be the thing that just breaks us apart, you know, and it's, it's not, it's not even a big deal. But my brain and my being just went all full tilt into the worst case scenario. And we talked last night when he landed and got the plane put away. And I was like, did you listen to my messages? I think I was a little dramatic. He's like, you're adorable. I hear you like, let's work through this, but no, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like, oh this my gosh. You're ridiculous. You know? <laughs> so it's been really sweet because my pattern has been to withhold, to process, to not even feel, you know, a lot of the things that I'm now allowing myself to feel and recognizing all the places where I come up short and am being asked to, to rise up and stand taller. And that is awkward as fuck, but creates intimacy like nothing else. That is so good. I'm like, there's like tears. <laughs> oh, it's been real. <laughs> I, it's just so it's, I love it. Like there's just, yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it. I'm not in it, but yeah. it's, yeah. Um, well, for folks who want to learn more and be in your magic, um, what do you have happening? How can they connect? Yes. So I have a few things happening. I have a retreat at ghost ranch happening this fall in New Mexico, and you can find out about that by getting on my email list, which is at catalyst with a Z dot co catalyst.co with a Z. And I'm also that same handle on Instagram. So you can follow me there. I'm just getting back into post burnout social media life. So I'm still not posting a ton, but I have a lot of things in the works for ways I want to share about partnership, about polarity, about leadership, about, about submission, about how do we, how do we create a healthy dynamic in our relationships? And, you know, it goes for men and men, men and women, women and women, envies and envies, like this shit affects us all. And I have learned so much that I am very, very excited to share. So Instagram is going to be a great place. Same handle on TikTok too. Still getting the hang of TikTok. Not as TikTok-tastic as T. Gray is, but I, <laughs> I got to give him the credit for the expansive <laughs> thinking that helped this happen. Um, but those are the best places to find me and play in my world. And I do travel. So I come to people's houses and I call them ceremonial design immersions. And mm-hmm. we may do medicine work. We may do some deep, deep personal excavations. And then we align the space and it's a really playful process. And I got given the nickname, the design Dom as a result of, of one of my clients. And she's like, 
I'm getting dom so hard and I like it. So I was like, I'm going to go get an outfit for this persona and I'm going to get that website. So I do have that website as well, but it'll just be a sub brand of Catalyst. Oh my God, that is awesome. <laughs> The sub, I love it. Yes, the sub brand, the designdom.com. It, it is going to happen and it's going to be very fun. Oh, <laughs> so good. Okay, so all the links will be in show notes. And ah, uh, thank you so much for your time and for just sharing your story and your journey. You're so welcome. Thanks so much for having me back and creating space for my evolution to be shared. It's a delight. Mm, always, always. Thank you. Mm-hmm. To help you feel more supported and nourished in your body and nervous system, you're invited to download the free I Am Supported meditation in the show notes. May you feel grounded in who you are as you become the fullest expression of yourself. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing with those who can benefit. Until next time.